right. Today we have such a special woman. This, the woman that we have sitting here next to me, this is a woman who makes her presence known before she ever speaks a word. And then when she speaks, oh my gosh, everybody listens. It's like you have such a gift of telling a story that demands people's attention. And from the moment that I experienced you, and your fullness in your power um, at the meetup, mm -hmm. I knew, I immediately went to Anthony. I was like, I need to know this woman and I need to learn from her. I need to get around her because there is something so powerful about the way that you tell your story mm -hmm. and what I've gotten to learn from you and from watching you um, from afar, even on social media is that you are a storyteller. <laughs> And I think that's just where I want to start this conversation is okay. that tell me about who you are as a storyteller and all of the layers, all of, of, the layers. of L. There are many. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for having me, Natalie. Um, when you first told me about you having a podcast and we talked about coming on, I was like, it's a yes, it's a yes, heck yes. <laughs> it was like no doubt in my mind, no question. Um, so I'm really honored and excited to be here with you. And I'm very proud of you for launching something new, an extension of your brilliance and your beauty and your power. Because for many of the things that you see in me, I see that in you as well. So I wanted to get that out the way before we get into <laughs> the, the nitty gritty. But um, I have been a storyteller my entire life. I um, am one of four daughters. My father has four daughters. I'm the second oldest, but I am my mom's only child. And my parents divorced when I was really young, probably too young for me to even remember. Mm -hmm. And so I had to get creative with how I was entertaining myself growing up in a single parent home. Um, you know, mom working, sometimes multiple jobs at one time while also going to school. And we moved a lot. I'm originally from Ohio, but we bounced back and forth between Ohio and Southern California. So I always tell the story about how I went to five different elementary schools, four middle schools and three high schools. That's <laughs> so, insane. Um, but storytelling has been my saving grace. Um, my father was murdered when I was 10, and that was one of the most traumatic experiences that I've ever had in my life. Wow. And it was storytelling that literally saved me. Like wow. a 10-year-old child who was really confused, couldn't process or wasn't equipped to process the many different emotions um, that come with losing a parent and then losing a parent so violently. And so storytelling became like my babysitter. Mm. It became my best friend. It became my mentor. And my mother always did her very best um, when I was young to make sure that I was exposed to as much as possible and not kind of live in this little isolated world. So I started acting when I was about seven or eight. Uh, my mother had me in dance class, whether it was jazz, tap, classical, ballet. Um, I was taking singing lessons. I was in the choir. I did stage plays. I wrote plays. <laughs> like wow. you, whatever you can think of as a creative expression, nine times out of 10, I've done it. And I started very early doing it. And so I'm um, even beauty pageants. <laughs> um, so I just feel like there's so much power and healing in storytelling and not enough people really 
know the power that they have. I just came from a, a leadership retreat recently, a spiritual leadership retreat. And one of the things that the theme of it and one of the things that my mentor taught us was God was saying, what's in your hands? Mm. Use what's in your hands. And a lot of times, especially as women, we may not be so confident about our skill sets or we're, we are holding our lens up to someone else's and looking at ourselves through a very skewed lens. And then we don't see the power that we possess and a lot of times we think we have to go out and get things or hit a social status or certain status in order for us to be valuable. Mm -hmm. And really all that we need is all that we already have. And that's our stories. And so I always say your story might be about you, but it's not for you. Mm -hmm. And it truly has the power to change the trajectory of someone else's life. So that's my love affair with storytelling. We say, you know, <laughs> love and hip hop. This is love and storytelling for me. <laughs> so you started in the film industry. And I know that you also make films. Mm -hmm. You just received an award. Two. Two awards. <laughs> yeah, two. Let me not forget. No, <laughs> that was hard two, for me to even say, yeah. quite honestly. But yeah, two. Two, two. awards mm -hmm. for filmmaking and two esteemed awards. These are not just petty awards. These are very esteemed awards for filmmaking. Yes. And that's where storytelling started for you. But mm -hmm. I'm so curious as to when you discovered the power of telling your personal story, not Ooh. necessarily the ones that you wrote or you imagined or you curated. Mm -hmm. um, but when did you discover the power of telling your personal story and how has that transformed your life? Okay, first of all, where, where's the camera? Th this woman is going <laughs> far. And the reason why I say that is I do so many interviews over the years. I, I, I can't even count how many interviews I've done, whether it's podcast, TV, radio, whatever it is. No one has ever asked me that question. And that is a very powerful question. Mm -hmm. um, I was having a conversation with some re someone recently and I asked them a question and the, I didn't like the answer they gave me. And they said, well, you need <laughs> to ask a different question <laughs> if you want a better answer. <laughs> um, so I love that you <laughs> asked that question because it's something that, you know, I talk about storytelling a lot, mm -hmm. obviously, when I'm, I'm being interviewed, but no one's ever asked me, like, when did it start for me telling my personal story? Um, and for me, that started after I was on my deathbed in 2011 due to severe lupus complications. And at that time, I was working with one of our beloved friends who is a filmmaker as well. And um, I was cast for a role in one of his films, and we had just had a table read, and. Uh, probably like a week after that, I started feeling really bad, like physically I wasn't feeling well. Mm. And then about a day or two later, I ended up in the emergency room and was admitted to ICU. And so my life at that time was an actress. And everything that I knew, everything that I had planned for where this career as an actress in Hollywood was mm. concerned, literally got turned upside down, came to a screeching halt, and I had to rediscover who I was in that moment and who I was becoming, mm. not knowing what the journey ahead of me was going to be. Um, and so I was in ICU for about a month, 
And literally the doctors hadn't written me off. They're like, you know, she's not responding to any of the treatments or the medication we're given. I had to have emergency surgery and platelet plasma and blood transfusions and all these things were going on. And so my life was just very uncertain. Coming out of that, not only did my life change and physically internally, it changed even externally. So I didn't look the same. Mm -hmm. No one really knew in the industry that I was living with lupus. It was a secret because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be deemed as a liability. Um, And so here I was in this position where I couldn't hide it anymore because it physically was showing on me externally. I used to be able to hide what was going on internally because I could dress it up externally. Yeah. But then God allowed me to be in a position where I couldn't hide behind that. Wow. And I was so hurt. I wasn't angry. I was confused. I was like, God, why at this stage in my life, you promised me some things. Why? And one of the promises that God made to me on my deathbed was that in the same way that he raised Lazarus from the dead, he would elevate me from my deathbed. Mm. Little did I know how powerful that mandate and promise would be until several years later. But out of that, um, Elevate Now was birth, which is now today known as Elevate Now Creative Media. But it started out as a blog and coming out of the hospital, trying to rediscover who I was and what my purpose in life was. um, I started blogging and then I started looking for communities where I could see myself in them and and allow myself the space, the safe space Mm. to heal. And part of that process became telling my own personal story. Mm. And so again, what started out as a blog, and this was before, you know, Facebook Live was even invented. I would get on my old Toshiba uh, (laughs) laptop and press record and upload my video to Facebook to kind of keep my family and friends updated on Mm -hmm. what was going on because I had family, you know, all over the country and I just couldn't take the calls all the time. It would just drain me so much. And so recording video was and uploading it to Facebook was a way for me to begin to share my story. Out of that, though, came requests for interviews and features and public speaking opportunities and then coaching and consulting. And so Elevate Now has evolved so much over this past decade, Um, but it all started with me needing to discover or rediscover who I was in this new life knowing that the life that I had built up to that point before was no longer. And I totally had to be submitted to the plans of God. And that's a really scary thing if you're operating in unbelief. Yeah. And I was, I I totally was, but that is how I began to share my own personal story and it's evolved over the years. But that's why I tell people your story might be about you, but it's not for you. You don't know who else you're helping when you open your mouth and share your story. And our personal stories are not anything for us to be ashamed of. Yeah. They're not. There was so much in there and I think quite a few things stuck out. But one of the things that stuck out to me is that the pivoting point, like the turning point of your life was when you were exposed yeah. When this identity, this facade, this mask that you put on or this image that you had 
upkept for so long was now being challenged Mm -hmm. and that that exposing of like what's really going on the exposing of what's really going on internally and externally the exposing of the challenges that you were facing Mm -hmm. and the battles that you were fighting forced you to pivot and what was a loss almost like a it was almost like a death of one version of L, mm-hmm. but then it forced you to kind of like take back the pen and be like, now in this new chapter of my life, yeah. who do I get to become? Mm-hmm. And what kind of woman do I step into now? And one of the things that, I, that I'm that i so inspired by is that, gosh, there are so many layers to your story. Like you've lived a life, woman. Like yeah. you have lived <laughs> a life. And you share things like, you mm-hmm. know, your dad was murdered when you were 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And you are you are a lupus survivor. You mm-hmm. were on your deathbed. Mm-hmm. Um, you were an actress. You were all of these things, mm-hmm. all of these layers. And what inspires me about you is that the things that were the worst parts about your life or the hardest moments of your life isn't necessarily what defined your story. And a question I have for you or something I would like you to talk through is that when you faced the the moments of tension, Mm -hmm. when you faced the moments where your identity was being challenged, who you are is being challenged, all of the promises God once gave you was being challenged and you were filled with doubt, what was the story that you told yourself to keep going? Like, what was it that when everything is pretty much like up in the air of what your life will look like, mm-hmm. how did you use those like use those as opportunities to pivot into something new? Wow. Um, I will say first and foremost that I'm in that season right now. <laughs> and and I think it's important to share that because, I believe that the mindset of many is that we go through one pivot and that's it. But the reality is if you're blessed to continue to live, God is always, your story is already written. So I don't want to say that he's rewriting it, but we don't know like one chapter from the next because we're not the author of the book. God is right. And so we will find ourselves where in one chapter of life, this is the thing that we were supposed to be doing. But then in the next chapter, we might be doing something completely different. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that all is lost from the previous chapter. It simply means that the things that happened in the previous chapter were the foundation to build on for the next chapter, to prepare you for the next chapter. So that's the mindset that I'm always operating in. And I'm in it now where I'm going through another pivot. You know, I was just recently sharing. My hope was that coming into this interview, I didn't want to just talk about who I am as a professional um, and the work that I do, albeit important. And I love talking about it. I wanted to be able to talk about the evolution Mm. of L. And what that looks like and what it feels like. And it can be scary because we're talking about the unknown. We're talking about, oh my gosh, I'm discovering a new level of who I am. And I have all of these untapped gifts from God that I I wasn't even aware of. And so what does that look like? And being free enough and confident enough and firm enough in your faith that you allow the process to just happen really organically Mm -hmm. instead of trying to control 
what that's going to look like with each step. Right. And as women, that that's what we do a lot of times. Yeah. We, we take care <laughs> of our homes. We take care of our families, our children. We know where we're going to fix them for dinner. If not, you know, we're, we're really quick on our feet to figure it out. But we plan. We're naturally planners. And so when you are in a position in life where you can't always plan, it's really uncomfortable. It stretches you so much and you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's not what I thought I was going to be doing. Um, And so for me, I've just always leaned into what I just shared with you. And that is that my life isn't an (laughs) e-book, right? It's a novel. And God is the author of that novel. I'm not. And each chapter reveals a new version of me, a new opportunity, a new gift for me to live in and operate and breathe in and share with the world. Um, And I can't allow myself to be confined or boxed in by people's ideas of who I should be or what I should be doing, even as a storyteller or a Mm. filmmaker. And I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I have multiple businesses. And some of them are in the same industry, some are in another industry. But in in my world, in my purpose, it all makes sense because it's the things that God has called me to do. Mm. And it very much goes back to the root of who I am. And so I would just say, don't box yourself in. Like, don't allow other people to box you in to this idea of who you're supposed to be or who they think you're supposed to be. But also don't allow yourself to be boxed in and so you really have to be um connected to God to really and and be bold enough to just be like it don't make sense to me but I'm gonna go ahead (laughs) and I'm gonna do this thing anyway so hopefully that answers your question it does and I'll as you're talking I'm like God this was the woman to be on this podcast because really like my whole heart, even when I was creating, like writing down my vision for what I wanted this to be, what I Mm -hmm. wanted even my message to be, like how I wanted to impact women. Mm -hmm. That one of the things that I wrote down, because I'm a woman who does not like to be fit inside a box. I'm Mm -hmm. very multi-passionate, very multifaceted. Mm -hmm. And no matter which area of my life I'm in, that comes with demands and expectations Mm -hmm. and opinions. And um, it looks different in every arena of my life. And so how do you keep up with all of the opinions and you demands? You that's called a multi-potentialite. Oh, that's well, what you that are, so new, look that up. Yeah, I'll send word. it to you. And I'm gonna add that to my board. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I wrote down, which is what I love that you said, is that you're, it, every pivot has been about evolving and you are going to continue evolving at every new level, every new stage, every new season of your life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I wrote down was I wanted to create an evergreen brand for an ever evolving woman. Yeah. One that stands firm, one that stands true, what the principles and the values remain the same, the message remains the same, but it applies to a woman who continues to evolve and continues to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that because I wrote that down because I believe that's who I am. So yeah. how do I create something that can create a legacy, that can last a lifetime, that can last generations, but also evolve with me? Mm-hmm. And so the whole heart of this podcast even the whole um a a huge part of the vision is to reach women just like that Mm -hmm. because women um we 
wear so many hats, mm -hmm. especially now that the stereotypes and the perceived gender roles that we that were dealt with in the past are now changing and yeah. now pivoting. Mm -hmm. More women are starting to go after the things that were not conventional before. More women are becoming bosses. Mm -hmm. They're becoming CEOs. They're becoming entrepreneurs. Um, they're becoming um, actresses. You know, like all of the, there's, there's like no limits anymore about right. what we can do. Mm -hmm. But we are also still mothers. We're also still wives. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is different for everybody. And so a question I have for you is as you evolve and as you as you are in so many areas are demanded and being pulled in so many different directions that seem contradicting mm -hmm. to everybody else. One, how do you determine what is right for Elle? Mm -hmm. And what you choose to say yes and what you choose to say no to. And two, how do you deal with the opinions and expectations of what other people think that you should do because of your role and the hat that you wear at any given moment? Come on now. Um, I'm going to say Oprah, Oprah, <laughs> Oprah. I mean, literally, you ask so many great questions. Um, so the first part of that is... I, my goal in life is always to be obedient. Like mm. again, and you'll hear me talk about God. You'll hear me talk about the Holy Spirit because I'm a woman of God. I'm a yeah. believer. And I know that I'm here today because of him. Um, even, you know, if we go back to me being on my deathbed in 2011, mm -hmm. the other part that I didn't share with you after God said in the same way that I raised Lazarus from the dead, I'm going to raise you from this deathbed. My promise to God was wherever you tell me to go, whatever you tell me to do, wherever you, you know, whatever you tell me to say, whoever you tell me to say it to, my answer will always be yes. So to answer your question, when God gives me the assignment mm. and the vision, my answer is yes, because mm -hmm. that's the promise. I'm, I'm trying to honor my end of the, <laughs> you know, of the bargain. I'm trying to honor my word to God. Mm. You know, as believers, when we pray, we say God's word shall not return to him void. We want God to honor his word. But how are we honoring our word to God? And so mm -hmm. that's always at the forefront of my mind. Now, that doesn't mean that those times and those periods of evolution don't come with fear yeah. or doubt um, or just a lack of confidence. Like, can I really do this? Mm -hmm. But I believe that everything that God has called me to do and continues to call me to do is a part of my DNA. Mm. It's who he created me to be. So it makes it easier to step into those things, even if on the outside looking in to someone else, it might seem contradictory. Mm. It might seem like I'm all over the place because someone else, they might have that vision or that thought like, what is Elle doing now? She, first she was a filmmaker. <laughs> now she got a beauty brand and she's doing this and she's doing that. But if you go back, anyone that has known me for any length of time, whether they know me personally or know me online, if you just go back, you know, people say, check my receipts or my resume, <laughs> just go back and you'll all see, you'll see that it's all interconnected. It always has been. It's just how God pulls me to be able to share those things mm. with the world. And I do have... 
Um, you know, people who say you need to focus on one thing or that's you, you were just doing this last month or last year. Now you're not doing the now you're focused on something else. And I just have gotten to a place in my life where I don't try to explain anymore <laughs> because you will run yourself ragged. Yeah. You'll find yourself doubting what you know God called you to do. And it is hurtful, especially when you desire the support and love and respect from certain people in your life and they just don't see the vision. You have to just trust that I am being obedient to what God has called me to do. And in that, those who are supposed to be on this journey with me Mm. will be and they'll get it. But it's not my job to convince them that this is it. This is what God told me to do. And this is why you, this is the thing. Like it's not, and I used to do that and Mm -hmm. it is frustrating and it literally will break down and deteriorate the vision of God. So you have to take a posture of I'm called to this. Now also you have to be so closely connected with God and honest with yourself because God can give you a vision for something, but it may not necessarily be the season Mm. for you to do that thing. So sometimes we get ourselves in trouble because we operate out of season. Mm. And operating out of season will bring about those situations where you have people who are constantly pulling from you and then you feel weary and you feel tired and drained and you don't have any energy. And when you are experiencing those periods in life, that's when you need to pause and say, wait a minute, something is off. Because what God called me to do is not going to drain me. It's not going to zap all of my energy. It's not going to run me down mentally, emotionally, and physically. Mm. So that, that's my process. Um, And it, it is working for me. (laughs) (laughs) So what I hear from you um, is one, you got to know who you are Mm -hmm. and you're a believer. I'm a believer. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that the biggest struggle that people have when it comes to obedience and even hearing God clearly or even, you know, even having clarity on this is what God is calling me to do is that they they forget who they are, not as a woman of power or a woman of this or a woman of that, but as a daughter first Mm -hmm. and what it means to be a daughter of a heavenly father and and getting to know their father through that. Mm -hmm. And so when you know who you are as a daughter, Mm -hmm. when you know who your father is, um, you will, you will take that risk because you know that being in obedience is far safer (laughs) than being out of obedience Mm -hmm. for your life. You know that the fears that you have are not nearly as loud as the faith or the belief that God has something there for you and Mm -hmm. that he is for you. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, struggles that I hear and even a struggle that I've had multiple times and I know that I will continue to have Mm -hmm. is is this idea of okay you are so clear that this is what God was telling you to do how did you develop or tune your ear or fine-tune your ear to even know like what is from God and what may be from something else or just an idea that you have like what makes you clear Um, on the vision that God has for you and how do you 
how do you protect yourself from the noise and the distractions Mm -hmm. that come when God is speaking so that you do hear it when he talks? You have to really, um, it's an ever evolving process. So I, I would not sit here and lie to you or your viewers or your listeners and be like, I got it all figured out. I know every (laughs) time God is talking to me and I'm on it. No, no, ma'am. No. Um, but what I would, what I will say, excuse me, is that you in the same way we're parents, we're moms, we have kids. Right. And so if you're in the store and maybe your little one is running around and then you hear a baby crying, you know when it's your baby crying <laughs> as opposed to someone else's baby crying, right? And in the same way, your babies know mama's voice over some other woman's voice who's calling for their kids. And so I liken our connection and relationship with God and being able to hear from him in the same way. Mm. It doesn't matter what noise, all the noise that's taking place up in Target and you're looking for your baby and he's crying and it might be three other babies crying mm-hmm. and you know somebody's calling for their mama you know you will automatically zone out on all of that external noise and you can hear your child mm-hmm. and they can hear mama's voice and it's the same way for us with God the noise is always going to be there we have to be willing to um, stand on the rock of I am willing to be obedient to what God says more than I am willing to care about mm-hmm. what someone else has to say about me and what I'm doing. And it's not a one and done thing. Honestly, you have to each new opportunity to evolve and step into something new or to master something on a deeper level is an opportunity for you to hear the external noise and be swayed by it. Mm-hmm. And so you literally just have to make a conscious decision each time. What did God tell me? And knowing what God told you, sometimes it's our flesh. So one of the things that I say when I'm desiring to do something or if I believe I've heard God instruct me to do something is not my will, but your will, Lord. Less of me and more of you. I decrease so that you can increase. God doesn't always require us to be on our knees speaking in tongues and (laughs) shouting and running around like all of those. If that is what, if that's your method of praise, please be authentic to that. But God doesn't require us to put on a show to be connected to him, to have a conversation with him, to be able to hear from him. And so we have to be willing to die to our flesh and say, "Mm, yeah, I really want to watch Real Housewives of Potomac. (laughs) But I know I haven't spent nearly enough time Mm. in the presence of God. And that's what I loved about this retreat that I recently attended with one of my mentors, Paula Bryant Ellis, who's also a filmmaker, but she's a powerhouse Hmm. giant for God and a spiritual leader. And she brought 10 women together where we were at um, a private location, like up in the hills, no phones, 
no TVs, no distractions, where we literally spent three days in the presence of God. And at 51 years old, I had never had that experience before. Wow. And it just did something for me to where now I'm excited to create those periods of time where it's like, okay, it's just me and God. Mm. It could be that you are at home working in your home office and you know, the kids are taking care of, you don't have to worry about them and you don't have any other noise on. You're not on your phone checking social media. You're not, um, you don't have the TV playing in the background or music playing in the background, or maybe you do, you have praise and worship playing. Those are all opportunities that we get to invite the Holy Spirit in and come and commune with us and talk to us Mm -hmm. and give us direction for our next step. So everybody's process is going to look different, but just be okay with your process being your process. Yeah. One thing that, um, one word that comes to mind is exposure. Mm-hmm. And even as a child, a child who is not exposed to his mother's voice or a mom who never talks or doesn't actually communicate with their mom or with their dad, um, their voice won't be as familiar. Correct. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there will always be some kind of, like, some kind of hint, but to know, to really, really know, like that is something my mom would say, even if it's written down. I know that's something my mom would say because I talked to her enough Mm -hmm. to know that. And so, um, exposure. And one of the things that that frustrates me, honestly, is that when people claim to not hear the voice of God, but I'm like, have you ever gotten to know what his voice might sound like? Mm -hmm. And even with the retreat where you're clearing out the noise where you're you may not be wanting you may not be watching Real Housewives because you haven't spent time with God where it's mm-hmm. just like what what is the overpowering noise in your life that you're spending most of your time consuming? Mm-hmm. What is the sound, the frequencies, the voices that are coming into your spirit? more often than the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And that will become really easy to get confused as to not hearing from God or not because you've allowed so much other voices in at the same time. You've allowed so much other, um, other beliefs, other ideas, other philosophies where it's just when you can, when you, um, hear from God, can you even recognize that it's his voice? Mm -hmm. And can you, when you recognize when it's a lie, and um, one of the the analogies when I was when I was fighting my own spiritual warfare and um, dealing with some really strange things in mm-hmm. my life, one of my pastors told me he said, "Natalie, if you're going to step into this realm, you have to know you're going up against demons who know the Bible better than you do. Yeah, you're going against up against demons who know the Word of God better than you do. And if you are not equipped." Spiritually, if you are not equipped in your word, then you will be manipulated because you're not going to be able to tell what's left or what's right. Mm -hmm. And um, we're in an age where people are in the Western world because everywhere else in the world, it's normal, are more open to spirituality. And I know this is going in a weird direction, but (laughs) more open to spirituality. They're playing around with um, different ideas of talking to the universe and talking to God or playing with. Playing with fire is playing honestly. Playing with fire, <laughs> playing with rocks, rocks and, and crystals and, and stones and, and all of those yeah. things may have some underlying truths and principles or whatever it is underneath them. Mm-hmm. Um, but entering that realm and playing with that, um, one thing that 
my pastor encouraged me. He said, you can study all these things to understand them. Sure. Mm -hmm. You can study the crystals. You can study what the astrologist believes. You can Mm -hmm. study all of these new age ideas that are out there. But he said, but that's not going to help you to recognize the truth. And the analogy that he gives, and I think there's a few other in a few other books, is that you don't um, when it comes to currency, Mm -hmm. people don't um, recognize the fake currency from the real currency by studying what's fake. Mm -hmm. They don't. um, What's the word for it? They don't study the the fake money in order to recognize the real money. You got to study the real thing and you got to study the real thing to a T where, you know, every little detail, you know how it feels, you know how it looks. Mm -hmm. Then you can easily spot out the fake. And it's the same with the word of God. If you're studying all these other noises, all of these lies, you're not going to be able to recognize the truth by studying the lies Mm -hmm. and consuming the lies. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love that what you said all around is all about exposing yourself. And that's something that you commit yourself to is just to be in the presence of God. And so um, thank you for sharing that. And another question I have for you, and as we wrap up our conversation, already, I know (laughs) (laughs) we'll just have to get you back on (laughs) is that, what is something that you're doing right now mm-hmm. that's scary that you can share that you can share with other women listening in that can encourage them to also do the thing that has been put on their heart that's scary? Community is so important. Oh wow. It is so <laughs> important. I think if if you're a type A personality like me, um, and you're a leader, it, it always feels easier to just do it yourself. Right? Yeah. Um, but when God gives you something, he doesn't necessarily always require you to build by yourself. Mm. Um, you know, there's a saying, and it is a, a, an old African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And that is a principle that I live by. It is, I don't want to be the shiniest, brightest, most brilliant person in the room. You started off this conversation with saying like my my present, like you have to have a a great sense of self-awareness. And when you Mm -hmm. have a great sense of self-awareness and you find confidence in what it is that you bring to the table, you don't step in rooms fighting to be seen and heard mm-hmm. because your people will always find you, right? Yeah. And so I said that because a lot of times we don't build authentic spaces for a community to be nurtured and, you know, and thriving. And I am a firm believer that I'm only as great as what God has placed in me, and I can only birth the greatest thing with the person next to me. We are not meant to do life alone. So for any woman that is listening or watching, find your person, find your people, and don't be afraid to pour out. We're all leaders. We all have a purpose. We all are called and chosen to do a thing. 
And we shouldn't be afraid of discovering or exploring how that looks within a community. So for everything that you see, yes, there's a process where I have to go through alone in order to be able to show up. But when I show up, there's always someone else that has a role in how I'm showing up. You might not see it front facing, but there's always somebody, whether it's a phone call from a girlfriend, like you got this, I know what today is. And, And they pour into me, they pray with me, they cover me. Maybe they're right there alongside me. When we first met at the meetup, I I showed up in my fullness, but I had people that were in the room that I knew who loved on me before I got there, loved on me when I got there, and I knew that they were there while I was there so that I could fully be me. I wouldn't be able to do that without them. Yeah. So it's not always that you see them front facing, but they're there. And sometimes they are front facing. And so I'm just, I'm only as good as the people that I'm connected to. And um, I pour out a lot as a leader. I cover, I pray, but I recognize the importance of being able to have that in my life. And there are periods where I feel like I don't have it and God will send someone that will speak a divine word, a very timely word, that allows me to feel seen and supported and covered. Um, And then I can, and that, that boosts your confidence, that raises your belief in yourself. And then you can go out into the world and do the thing that God has called you to do. I love that, Elle. So how does a woman get into your community? Girl, just call me. No, <laughs> um, well, obviously you can find me on social media. Um, most of my social media handles are K dot L Jones and L is spelled E L L. I can't even spell my name. Let's do that again. <laughs> on social media, and you can find me. Most of my social handles are K dot E L L E Jones. So K dot L Jones. Um, the name of my agency is Elevate Now Creative Media. So you can also find me on social there. And I'm actively building a community of women right now in a completely different industry in the health, wellness, and beauty industry. Um, I partnered with a woman who is just as phenomenal as you are and so many women that we know. Um, her name is Courtney Adelaide. And she is a woman of color, a black woman who took and launched a brand in the health, uh, you know, hair care industry and grew it to a hundred million dollars in less than six years. And as a believer as well, um, when she sold her company and launched a new company, God just redirected her. She was in one arena in the retail space. And she said the Holy Spirit woke her up at three o'clock one morning and said, change the whole model. (laughs) And she was like, what? (laughs) So talk about a faith walk. But I shared that because what part of that model was, was creating community. Um, And and I had an opportunity last year to partner with her to launch an extension of my own personal brand and brand. So Elevated Beauty. And so I'm building a community of women within that infrastructure to help them to really create legacy. Mm -hmm. It's not just about selling products, but it's about 
how do you productize your personal brand? Mm -hmm. How do you take your story and turn it into a product and then be able to offer it to the world? So part of my story is the health and wellness journey. Um, growing up not only in entertainment, but in the beauty industry and marrying all of those things together. And so I've been given this tool and this opportunity to be able to, to do that and help other women do that. Um, so I have containers mm. in the health and wellness and beauty industry is one container and then obviously I have my container with branding and mm -hmm. marketing and media and distribution and so for any woman that's interested just send me a dm I always respond to my dms I'm not one of those people that's like you gotta book a call you know but you can find <laughs> me on instagram that's where I hang out the most click the link in my bio check out my profile if you have any questions or want to connect just send me a dm and we can make it happen we have about one minute left, and I just want you to share some words with the woman who is in a pivot right now. And speaking for myself as a woman in a pivot and facing the tension and the resistance mm -hmm. and even the lost friendships because of that mm -hmm. and, and the grief and the change and all of the emotions that come with it, mm -hmm. what are some words of encouragement that as a woman who has had so many pivots um, that you can give to women who are experiencing that right now. Nothing is wrong with you. <laughs> Everything is right. Just because you're pivoting doesn't mean that you have failed. Mm. There's so much power. Like in order for when a person is, let's think about a shift, a pivot. Like you've got to really be rooted firm in your foundation because a pivot is like a, I think of it like a tsunami, a big mm -hmm. wave. If you're not rooted, and I'm going back to something that my mentor shared with us at this retreat, if you are not firmly rooted in your foundation, mm -hmm. when that wave comes, you can forget about a pivot or a shift. You are going to drown, <laughs> right? Real, yeah. So you've got to be firm in your faith and the belief in, in God, but also in yourself. Like you deserve to live in the highest form of who God created you to be. And that sometimes is going to come with shifts and pivots. And when, just like when that wave comes, some of the things that were there before the wave hit are no longer standing. But when you're firm and rooted, you'll still remain. Mm. And the things that are not supposed to go with you after that wave passes, they're going to be washed away. Sometimes it's going to be friendships. Sometimes it's going to be businesses or opportunities or things like you know, material things that we've been holding on to. And God will be, he's so cunning in this way. He, he's so divine in how he moves that he knows us as his children. If we are holding on to something past the season that we're supposed to hold on to it, hmm. he'll send that wave to wash it away because he knows that left to our own devices, we won't ever do it. Yeah. And that could be the very thing that is holding us back from fully blossoming into the thing that we're pivoting into. So, so for that woman, for you and for the woman that's listening and saying, that's me. And I'm so afraid you can do it. Afraid I've done, every pivot has been me <laughs> doing it afraid, but doing it with 
the faith that God and the belief that God has me. The pivots are gifts too. They are gifts. Yeah. I had to pivot in the pandemic and something so beautiful was birthed out of that mm. that has led me to where I am today. But imagine if I didn't, if I was just like, mm-mm, nope, I'm going to hold on to my blankie like Linus. Nope, this is where I'm comfortable. You can miss out yeah. on the thing that is going to change your life by being comfortable. So good. Thank you so much, everybody. That was K.L. Jones on Instagram and everywhere. Thank you so much, Elle, for just blessing us with your presence and your wisdom and your stories. Um, you are a gift to my life personally, and I just know, I just know that there are so many women who really need to hear that, including myself. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's for my pleasure. Us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs>